This is the Rolling with Tay podcast. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay, and this is episode 20. On episode 20, I'm featuring Salita Coleman, and this is actually my season finale of season two. That's right. <laughs> two seasons down. Woo. Anyway, on this episode, we're going to talk to Salita about skate culture her love for it, and her big event happening October 7th to October 9th called Legends Weekend. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. Welcome. Thank thank you so much for having us and me, for sure. This is fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm so interested to find out more about Legends Weekend, you personally, and, you know, the skate culture. So um, we can get right into it. You can tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you fall in love with skating and its culture. So let's make sure that listeners know that we're talking about old school, traditional quad eight wheels. Um, There's lots of skating out there, you know, in in the environment, whether it be uh, boards or or inlines, this community is primarily eight wheels. So I fell in love with roller skating. Um, It seems like it's been almost 20 years, but I'm going to go ahead and give myself some credit and say it was 17 years ago. (laughs) Um, As a result of uh, 9-11, I needed an outlet. And a friend of mine invited me roller skating. Um, I looked at him like he was kind of crazy because this guy was much older than I was and he didn't necessarily look like me. Um, really cool Korean American guy, but had a lot of like soul in him. And I asked him, where'd you get all that flavor from? You know how we say looks like they've been to the cookout or whatever. (laughs) This cat had been to some cookouts and he laughed and he said, I skate with the brothers and the sisters. (laughs) So imagine my, my thought, I'm looking at him like, okay, I need to see what this is all about. So he said, if you don't believe me, meet me in Chicago in a couple of months and I'll show you. And for some reason, I think I just needed something to do that was different. Um, I went to my local roller rink, got some skates, brushed up because, you know, most of us hadn't skated since we were kids. Mm -hmm. And I met my buddy Phil in Chicago that July. And he said, the parties are from 12 to 5 a.m. So... (laughs) I'm just like, wow, this is really wild. I walk into the rink and there were over 2,000 adults over 25 Mm. skating, dancing. The music was incredible. And I wasn't a big nightclub person. So this was like cardio and great music. I fell in love. Mm -hmm. I fell in love and it's had me ever since. So that's how roller skating came to me because typically, you know, folks skate when they're kids. You grow up, you go off to college, and you lose it. So I was pretty excited to have it back as an adult. And for those of us in this community, there's a skate party of some kind in most major cities in the country every weekend of the year. Mm -hmm. So just like there's social media, there's always been a skate media for as long as I've been in this community. And I would tell your listeners that if you were to slide over to skategroove.com that is like the associated press of roller skating um it's just a really big community and folks say oh skating is coming back well it never really went anywhere yeah it's just whether you were hip to it or not yeah 
Yeah, I say that with uh, cycling, mm-hmm. especially like with um, during the pandemic, you see all these cyclists, and especially cyclists of color out there. And they're like, oh, you know, cycling is, you know, black now. And I'm like, well, actually, it's just the resurgence of it because we've always been in this space. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, roller skating, no offense to cycling, kind mm-hmm. of became the official sport yeah. of the pandemic because you could do it alone. Yeah. You didn't have to be with groups of people and you can certainly cycle alone, but roller skates were flying off shelves and stores and you couldn't find them online. And there was a wait list for, you know, three to six months at a time because supply and demand of everything was a problem. So the manufacturers were having difficulty getting things from containers that were on their way from overseas and factories were closed roller skates were very high in demand. So that was exciting. And then during the pandemic, you have the popularity of TikTok. Yeah. So at that point is when the visibility of roller skating exploded even more. But there was a buildup to that. And that's something that we'll probably get into in this conversation. (laughs) Buildup and popularity. Yes. I definitely, I was on TikTok and looking at these videos and just to touch on something you're right because a lot of people were just recording themselves in their kitchen because at Mm -hmm. a point we couldn't even they didn't want us outside so people were recording themselves doing moves and tricks and learning how to skate in their own home so I definitely was watching a lot of those videos on TikTok and Instagram for sure and people started to learn or realize that you don't need a roller rink to learn how to skate. When we were safe at home, we would use, you know, two feet in front and behind us in our kitchens, some people on their balconies. Um, We would have skate parties online. A skate DJ would say, hey, I'm going on Zoom and I'm gonna mix from four to seven or eight o'clock at night and everybody would get to their computer. log into the zoom and I'd be out on my balcony or in my bedroom and we would have a skate party and you'd look at the screen and you'd see your friends from all over the country and we were rolling together safe at home it was really a special time honestly mm-hmm. that's the power of the internet <laughs> and technology <laughs> technology changed the game imagine a pandemic without the internet or computers right yeah you'd be so much more isolated (laughs) right absolutely we were together you know and that was really special so people would always say you still skate or you know um people still skate and those of us that are in the community are just kind of like uh it's no different from the folks you see in the airport traveling with their golf clubs or tennis mm-hmm. racket, you know, when we leave town, we've already identified the rink in that city. Um, we've determined that we were going to skate out at a park or a beach and we travel with our skates. Um, it really is one of America's like one of those great pastimes yeah. that people have bowling, putt, putt, skating. Um, I have a 13 year old and 
it pains me to see that iPad or that phone mm -hmm. in her hands for, for the bulk of every day versus, you know, uh, most of us went outside to play. Mm -hmm. So it, it's one of those things that I wish the world could embrace in a real way again and support uh, spaces where kids can really go out and be kids. Yeah. I agree with you on that. It's definitely a different time. I was outside. <laughs> you could mm -hmm. not catch me inside. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <gasps> All day. Um, so do you have multiple skates or like, so I know there, <laughs> I, I mean, I know. you. Can. I do. I, I absolutely <laughs> do. I absolutely do. So do you, okay. Do you have skates for the rank and then skates for outside or do you just switch your wheels so most of us have our, this is my main skate, right? The pair that I wear at all times. I like a Rydell high top combat style boot. It's a soft leather with a sheepskin tongue. It is a super comfortable skate. Now, if I were skating in the rink, um, your, your wheels are also determined by your skate style. And we'll definitely talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I have my core wheel for indoor. And then during the pandemic, a lot of us got, got outdoor wheels because it's a very different surface. So if you hit that pebble, you're going to roll over it differently if your mm -hmm. wheel is really hard versus shock absorption. And, you know, it's just going to kind of roll over things a lot smoother. So people reach out to me all the time. I want to buy a pair of skates. What kind of skates should I buy? I have to kind of dig and ask for those considerations. Are you going to go out to your local rink? Are you going to mostly skate outside? And people are very surprised to learn that it is a big difference. And you mm -hmm. kind of got to know your equipment. And if you're an adult, you want to get a boot that's comfortable and supportive and something that's well manufactured. So there's all kinds of considerations there. I, in my skate heyday before I was a parent, meaning in the last 15 years, um, I was obsessed and I was on a plane every weekend, skate bag, laptop, it's all I needed. So I had a pair of skates that kind of um, was attached to my West Coast skate style and my love of being out in California, mm -hmm. they skate on, um, a lot of them skate on a men's dress shoe, the Stacey Adams. Mm. So people would buy a pair of Stacey's and they'd get a plate and their wheels and, you know, like they just went to the rink a little more fly. So I got a <laughs> pair of Stacey's and in California, you ever, or do you remember that sound of like a shopping cart in the grocery store where it kind of sound kind of clanky, mm -hmm. but you could hear it moving if you go into a rink in the LA area and you just close your eyes, all you hear is shh. Mm. <laughs> because everybody's wheels have these loose ball bearings and it creates like a sound that when I hear it, I just get so excited because you know the room is full of people that are just rolling. So I just had to have a pair of Stacy's. So, and there was a period in time in my skate life when I moved to California just because I loved the California skate scene. So I packed up my house one day, put everything I could fit in my car and just took off for California because I was flying out there so often. So I should just move to California <laughs> just so I can skate. This was before I was a parent. So like 2006, 7, 
um, I set out for Northern California where it was just um, one of my skate dreams that I had to make come true. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Skate, skate love is, is real. Here, here's the thing. They, some of us have hobbies or things that really just fill our cup and like make our heart burst. Mm-hmm. And with skating, I'd never felt more free. Mm. It's like you're going around the rink or you're, you're with your friends and there's so much love and the music hits you. It's kind of like, uh, it's just so consuming with good energy that your body just has to have it. And there's, it's, it's real, it's love. I don't even know how else to describe it. It's just love. And it hugs you all over when the music and the environment and the people come together. Um, and that was a time in my life post nine 11, where I just needed more of that. Like right now, the world is kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. And the more love and good energy and good vibes you can surround yourself with, the better. Um, makes you just a better human being and it just uh, does a whole lot for your heart and mind. So that's that's the gist of my early skate story and how I came into it. But now I'm one of those people that's so passionate about what it did for me mm-hmm. and what it made me feel and still makes me feel when I experience it I go to great lengths to give other people that joy and that's part of the reason how I got into like hosting skate parties and events um in 2006 or 7 um I was before I went to California I was living in the Tampa Florida area and Tampa is this amazing place to experience in the winter months So I said, why not have a skate party and invite people to Florida to get out of the cold and come Mm. hang out with us? Because that's where I learned how to skate. And it's a beautiful city in the winter. Come down here and check us out. So that's how the Tampa Soul Roll Invitational came about. And that's four days of events over the MLK holiday weekend every year. It'll be 19 years old. And I still work with my skate family down in Tampa to, to pr- produce that event. Um, so it's just um, that that's how it started for me in terms of hosting. People fell in love with Tampa. Folks come from all over the country and some internationally to Tampa every January to, to skate Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Mm. They go jet skiing by day. The Tampa Black Heritage Festival is a two-week-long African-American music and arts festival, so they enjoy free concerts and water sports and shopping in Tampa by day, and we roll all night. So it really is an action-packed weekend to uh, get out of the cold and come down to Florida for a long holiday weekend. Wow, man, that's the first time I'm hearing about that. Yes, yes, it is amazing, and we see anywhere 800 to a thousand visitors each year um and we're gearing up for that now after i get through legends weekend uh tampa's already starting to move in the background so um i guess i should probably share how i got to uh this legends weekend thing yeah talk about legends yeah talk about legends weekend so i can't really talk about people coming here to party without understanding the, the why. 
So over the years that I've been in the skate community, I kind of became a subject matter expert in a few areas. Um, I work with the manufacturers that produce skate wheels, um, our roller skating boots and equipment. I've been a rink operator, um, a rink manager in a couple different cities. Now, mind you, I didn't go to college for this, but because I got into skating and I had some professional experience, um, I got some other opportunities in the community. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like people would come to me or say, if you want to know how to get this project done, reach out to Selena. So some friends asked me to come and watch this documentary that you can watch on HBO. It's called United Skates or United Skates documentary. It came out in 2018. And I joined that team because after I saw the film, it was so beautifully done. The story was so well written. And I learned about a period in skate history where just like lunch counters and buses, Mm -hmm. African-Americans were told no you can't skate here. And it was only like two minutes in the film, but I heard a gentleman talk about how he was beaten and he Mm. had this permanent scar across his forehead because he wanted to be admitted to his local roller rink, but there were people uh, kind of like beating them away, like you can't skate here. And he was attacked. Um, in some places in the country, there would be protests or Klansmen. And it, it just blew my mind that something as beautiful and fun and simple as roller skating was one of those places during the civil rights era, era that we were told no. Because mm-hmm. um, we think about getting on the bus or using the water fountain or sitting at the lunch counter. But it was the same for, for the Black community that um, enjoyed roller skating. And this was some of the period when you had to strap your skates to your feet. Um, (laughs) Skates were made very differently. So there's lots of beautiful photography out there. If you Google, you know, roller skating in African-American history, you see people skating in the street or in church ball um, basements. Um, It just was a, it was a different look Mm -hmm. back then. And when, Uh, integration took place and blacks were allowed or the government said that you can't segregate anymore a lot of rink owners said fine you want to come to our facility you got to dress up because the skate world was very country club still like golf courses were it was for mostly uh social elite or or white wealthy folks because they dressed in cocktail dresses and they wore sport coats and Um, That same Google search, you'll see black and white photography of your more, um, I hate to say June Cleaver, but you see a a very um, cute cocktail dress. And and it was was definitely a more formal occasion if you got a chance to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So they hoped that African-Americans couldn't afford the clothes. If they couldn't afford the clothes, we could still keep them out. So you know how we are. If we're determined to do something, we're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So the black community started wearing the best threads they had. And where do they wear their best clothes every week? Church. 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 So if it took wearing Sunday's best attire, they couldn't be denied access to roller rinks. Mm 
-hmm. So it was that story, that photography, those images that moved me to say, wow, I have a lot of friends in the skate world that are my elders, but I adore them. And they didn't get a chance to enjoy roller skating the way I did when I started or that I do now with, with my friends. If they're in their 70s or 80s, and there are a lot of skaters in that age group that travel, mm -hmm. believe it or not, yeah. and they're the coldest people on the floor because they've been doing <laughs> it since before they could walk, okay? People say, 80? Yes. And they're bad, and they skate better than half the 20 and 30-year-olds. <laughs> so it's kind of like I've wanted to give them a special event one time the year our film came out. I said, okay we're going to do this party and we're going to invite all of our oldest skater friends and we're going to dress up like they had to back in the day, but mm -hmm. they'll be celebrated. They're the legends. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I did it and I had this um, space in the DC area. It's called the view of DC and it's the tallest high rise. I hate to say skyscraper because DC doesn't have anything taller than the 15th floor. But this was on the 31st and 32nd floor of a major corporate tower. So it'd be like being allowed to have a skate party at Empire State Building for those mm -hmm. of us here. So people were like, skating in a skyscraper? She tripping. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> people that just didn't know what to expect. But once we shot a promo and they saw the views of the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and the Kennedy Center, all these iconic landmarks. I think people came just because they were curious. Mm. They thought I was crazy, but they <laughs> were curious. And it blew everyone away. Because you never have paid a hundred dollars to go skating before. Mm -hmm. But I had to, you know, cover the catering and the expenses. But people showed up in droves and it overwhelmed me because I if I thought if a hundred people came, it would have been a really special event. Mm-hmm went crazy viral because we were dressed up and then you see the views outside at night with airplanes flying by on the way to the airport and you can see the Washington Monument at night folks were like where is this oh my god <laughs> um some of the videos from that night have two million plus views mm. and the elder skaters were like there's no way you can't do this again because I was only meant to do it one time one time and I was like well it's really expensive to produce and I don't know how I'm gonna do it again and the high rise was like y'all rock this building so hard our tenants were tripping <laughs> like, <laughs> if we were on the 31st floor the DJ that I brought up or the three DJs and the sound guy that I brought up shout out to my buddy Warlock he's a New Yorker down in Florida we could hear his music down on the street level Ooh. And we looked up at the high rise and you could see the lights going and folks were like, what is going on on the top of this building? It was amazing. So we knew that if we did it again, we couldn't do it there. We'd have to find another venue. Mm -hmm. Here comes 2020 pandemic. We had all this incredible momentum, but we had a pandemic now. Mm -hmm. um we had committed to do the event and I was like oh my gosh you know we're not going to get to have it what do we do 
we just pushed it into 2021. We just did that last October. It'll be a year and a few weeks. It's crazy. Um, And even with COVID restrictions getting lighter last October, skaters wanted to be here. Our oldest skaters, those that felt Mm. comfortable traveling, they came and they came with their decorated mask and they still had on their gowns and their tux. One guy with a cane and top hat. They were determined to have this event and meant so much to them. And I said, folks, all right, I did it again like you asked me to. It's great. I'm done. This is so much work. We had to wait like 18 months to do it with the pandemic. I can't do it again. And then one of my elders, actually a couple of them, almost in tears, hugging me, telling me it's so special to them. And they couldn't believe that we got it done. And they were like, what do we have to do for you to do it again? (laughs) I was like oh lord I planned on coming out of the pandemic and going back to a desk job a normal (laughs) life and they just wouldn't you know they wouldn't let it go so about a week after the 2021 event I called an emergency meeting of a group that I call the icons now these are your oldest skaters those that attended the 2019 event those that attended the 2021 event, it was a little over 100 folks, about 110 people. And they were all very encouraging and grateful. And they talked about the love that they felt. They talked about how it was just for them and how special they felt and how moved they were. And they basically were telling me that like, you were the chosen one. Mm. You were meant to do this. And I'm like, wait a minute. you know it was just kind of like um you're that person that was meant to bring something special to the community for Mm -hmm. us and please continue to do it Mm -hmm. how much would it take what would it take for you to do it again so I told them about a venue here in DC it's a brand new 60 million dollar concert you know arena on uh, the Potomac River Mm. and they had reached out to me at some point saying, are you looking for a place to host your next event? And they told me the rental price was like $55,000. I whisper that because I'm still, (laughs) I still get uh, itchy when I say how much it costs. And I was like, well, that's not an option, not for no skating. (laughs) And I told them about that and they were like, you going to get this building, Selena. You're going to get it. If anybody can do it, you can do it. And I'm saying to myself, nah, cause <laughs> this ain't it. And they said, look, tell us how much it would take for you to get the building and we'll fundraise the, the rest. Mm-hmm. So I told them you would basically need to buy a ticket now that's $250. And I would have to go to the venue and fight for a date because there are holds and reservations on all these dates into a year from the time we were having that conversation. So they were like, fine, we know you don't have a contract yet, but we know you're going to get this building. So in 36 hours, this group of icons, my elders, raised half the amount of the rental Mm. to get that building. Mm. I'd never seen us do anything like that before. It was moving to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't let them down. I have to do it. Yeah. So here we are two weeks out 
from the big day and I've spent, it really is a full-time job to create an event like this. It's four days and three nights of just really curated activities and events for uh, mostly a 30 and older, you know, person, someone that enjoys a nice party mm-hmm. um, because you're going to get dressed up. These folks spend all year looking for their legends outfit. <laughs> People were hitting me in February and March and April. I found what I'm wearing to the gala. I found my <laughs> outfit and I'm the host. We're two weeks out and I don't have an outfit yet. <laughs> the fellas, oh my God. After year one, the ladies definitely always bring it. Year two, this past year, the fellas killed the game. The first year they came in like their work clothes, a suit a jacket or some pants and suspenders. They were slipping the first legends. The second year with the white coats and the hats and the black tie and the cat with the top hat and the cane, the fellas brought the heat in 2021, okay? So now it's kind of like, okay, ladies won, fellas won. Let's see what this year is going to bring because I'm kind of keeping score on visually what the room looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, They really get into it. Um, One of the other things that makes the weekend special is uh, an event I've named Let's Skate DC because Washington DC has not had a roller rink in over 30 years now. Mm. So if I have a venue like this where I can invite the city I live in, the the community that I love, I can use that space in the morning and have a community skate where kids can come and skate lessons can be offered. And and the dream is for that space to really become a health and fitness expo Mm -hmm. over time because roller skating is a total body sport. Oh, it is. People (laughs) see it as just like, ooh, roller skating is cute and it's fun. Yes, it really is. But good nutrition, good cardio exercise. Um, Those of us that are over 30 or 40 years old, most of us have an icy hot or a biofreeze tube in our (laughs) skate bag. (laughs) So just like um, during the pandemic, I started doing half marathons and 5Ks. Mm -hmm. I go to the expos before the races and Gatorade is there and uh, biofreeze, perfect example, or water brand or athletic apparel companies and I'm like skaters use all this stuff yeah why can't I get some of these consumer brands to take us seriously so that this event weekend can have real sponsorship Mm -hmm. it is something that um, has been taken from our communities mostly because of the cost of real estate but you know anything that communities uh, have for young people or for just uh, community gatherings, those spaces should be protected. Yeah. And roller rinks were one of those places. Bowling alleys were one of those places. So it's kind of like my mission as a skater became the champion for access. Mm. I want access to non-traditional spaces. If that's a concert venue or a ballroom or a rec center or a YMCA boys and girls club, I feel like there's a stigma on roller skating that everybody breaks a leg when they do it. Everybody (laughs) breaks an arm. It's so dangerous. And you know what? Having a concert with adults, you know, consuming alcohol and mosh pitting 
is way more dangerous than, than roller sports. <laughs> um, you can get hurt doing anything. Yeah, right. Right. So I want people to take us seriously and see us as something that with experience, with training, with like riding a bike and you can get hit by a car, you know, roller skating is still something that people enjoy and should be taken seriously. So whenever I get an opportunity to help friends in other cities that are perfect example, my friends in California are fighting to get access to regular space on tennis courts. Mm. Most communities in this country have tennis courts that have not been used in ages or not used every day of the week. Why not share that space with the uh, new onsurgence of roller skating again? Um, instructors want to use tennis courts or racquetball courts that haven't been used probably since the late 80s, early 90s mm. for, for roller skating. And sometimes they get run off by police or people complain that it's supposed to be for tennis only. So shout out to my friends on, in the country that are fighting for access every you know day in their communities just for a place to put their skates on, listen to their music, whether it be alone or with a group of friends, um, because it's just a very innocent, beautiful thing to be able to enjoy. And um, I'm very passionate about helping people do it. And Washington D is a huge city with a lot of roller skaters that really would like to see something like this happen in their community with some regularity. Mm -hmm. I know that was a mouthful. No, that was great. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I should probably uh, pause for a second. <laughs> Let everybody take all that in. No, that was very informative. Um, dang. So let me ask you. So is it the surface of the, the uh tennis court that's better than like why tennis courts versus because like... they're flat okay <laughs> that's it okay. You know, look we use basketball courts we use tennis courts racquetball okay. um right. anywhere there's a slab that is flat and okay. clean and like my friends in the um, san francisco bay area oakland area they come out early they bring brooms they sweep mm. it up dust it up because it's kind of like golf. I play golf too. It's like you want nice greens when you play. You mm -hmm. want the ball to roll over, you know, the greens in a certain way. So it has to be manicured. Skaters are the same way inside or outside. We survey the area for debris, rocks, glass. Um, the person that dropped their gum on the floor in the rink the night before. <laughs> we survey a space before we start rolling because we're just as concerned about our safety and hitting a bump in the road as a facility or, or space management could be. We're checking for that better than you are. Mm -hmm. So whenever I host an event, I have a group of men in the room that I've spoken to in advance and say, hey, I need you guys to be the eyes before doors open. Mm -hmm. So they'll form a line across the floor and they walk it back and forth, back and forth. And they pick up little things along the way. Um, somebody could have lost an earring the night before in the venue, you know, during a show. And that's, that's a hazard for us. So um, we're very protective about how we present ourselves. So we don't want any accidents yeah. or injuries. So we go the extra mile to make sure it's safe for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. You know what I like about 
skating um, is that it's intergenerational. Yes. From um, ages two yep. to 88. Yeah. And then, like like you mentioned earlier, with the, um, the popularity of social media, now you have all these younger people saying like, oh, okay, skating. Mm-hmm. And then I also see older folks as well. And I'm just like, that. I think that's, I think it's amazing to see that. Yeah, now you've got celebrities throwing skate parties and yeah. skate battles and um Usher is on he has a Vegas residency right now where some of our friends in the skate community are performing, mm-hmm. you know, with him. But Usher and um a few other celebrities, they are fortunate that like Atlanta has ten or more rinks in that yeah. market. Mm-hmm. Like that is like only Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago have that type of regular access where adults have an adult session almost seven nights a week. Mm. So it's kind of like you're in the wonderland of it all Yeah. where we're here in the DMV or DC, Maryland, Virginia area. You have to go out into the suburbs um, to, to go to your local ranks. Um, and some people do that regularly, no problem. But as a mom, particularly in the last, uh, she's 13 now, so 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. <laughs> I couldn't go to a skate session on a Tuesday or a Thursday night and crawl in the house at 12, 1 in the morning to get up at 5.30 to take a kid to school. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things that I struggle with now is getting regular skate time. Yeah. But my contributions to the community for this phase of my life have been behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, at the table when it comes to negotiating access to special events for roller skaters to enjoy, um, working on the film, the advocacy of getting that film, um, you know, sold to HBO United States is something that we're all so proud of mm-hmm. um, cause we really got to tell the world, that if you're from New York, you don't skate the same way as they do in Texas or in Detroit, that they're skate styles. It was the first time there was like an education on the language of skate styles. Um, well, maybe not the first time. There's another great film out there that listeners um, could check out. It's called Eight Wheels and Some Soul Brother Music, <laughs> directed by a great guy, Tyrone Dixon. Um, that film early on, Uh, when I started skating was like, whoa, Detroit skates like this and this city skates like that. That that was my early education. So there are a lot of films and documentaries on on roller skating now. Um, It seems as if uh, the appetite to consume skate content is huge. Mm -hmm. It is the second and third hottest thing to watch on your uh, reels and your TikToks roller skating is always in the top five of like content or subject spaces to to watch so it's kind of like what are we waiting on america let's <laughs> get behind this movement if we can't build roller rinks let's acknowledge that it's still a really great thing for people to have access to and create some not that we share on some nights with basketball or tennis or you know, other sports. We just want to encourage um, clean, fun, friendly, and safe play. Mm-hmm. So those are the ways that I try to contribute to the community now while I parent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, 
the skaters just look so smooth. Like I have a pair of skates. I bought some some cheap skates from Emma. <laughs> from Whoa, Amazon. Wait, wait, you take those claps back. Oh man! Look, I I didn't I didn't know you before I bought the skates. So now I, you know I can I'll get some more. I'll, I'll get some more roller skates. Yeah, man. It's, I'm sure cyclists same thing that there's um, benefits to having aluminum or titanium yeah. frames and. Um, wheel types and how thin or how big they are and what kind of terrain you can ride on yeah you need good product to perform well on your skates I know so I I don't know what you bought (laughs) but you said the magic word I just bought me some cheap skates (laughs) yes if you're 10 and you're trying to get your kid to learn how to skate start there but if you grow you need some legit (laughs) skates all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some I'm gonna get some better skates. <laughs> um, c- can you briefly talk about the different roller skating styles? Well, sure. You're a you're in New York, so let's talk about up there. So up top, there was Empire Roller Rink and Skate Key and Laces and all these amazing, iconic, legendary roller rinks. Um, back to the days of Studio 54, New York had the hottest skate scene in America. Hey. Right now, New York <laughs> has roller skating at, at Rockefeller Center and in Central Park. Yeah, New York for a while became a desert. There was no skating before you hit Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, Branch Brook Roller Rink. And so now the pandemic has brought all these hot skate spaces back to New York. So because New York is famous for its uh, nightlife and clubs and house scene, New Yorkers tend to skate in that sweet spot around 90 to 120 beats a minute. They get it in. And their style is, is like dancing. If you were dancing with a partner in a club, mm-hmm. you're just doing it on wheels. New York is the epitome of the nightclub on wheels type of environment. There's a cat in Atlanta that's a New Yorker who has turned his basement into all he put in there was wood floor, some nice lights, some monitors. And whenever there's a, a big skate event down in Atlanta, the New Yorkers gather at his house and 20, 30 people in the basement just killing it. And his basement isn't huge, but it's wide and it's long. And I believe it was... Um, Steve Harvey or Roland Martin, somebody, oh, it was Roland Martin, shared video from Dex's basement. And they were like, what? Look at all these black folks. In it's always lit. They just did it a few weeks ago. So New Yorkers don't need a lot of space to do some really amazing stuff on skates. Mm-hmm. They're the people that you could put in a decent sized living room and put 30 to 50 people in there and they have a rent. That's another thing, too, about New York. There's not a lot of real estate for huge roller rinks Mm -hmm. like arenas that D.C. used to have and that Detroit still has and Atlanta still has. So skaters that were bred in New York were accustomed to skating in smaller venues anyway. So their movements are more controlled and tight and just really beautiful. Now, if we go over to Detroit, I call my favorite rink out there um, Northland Coliseum. Because Northland Roller Rink is just that. It is a coliseum. It is an arena. It's an old um, aviation hangar of of some kind. It's one of the largest rinks in the United States. Mm. Um, 
I get the chills when I go in there because it's like wood for days. <laughs> and to go to events where there's so many people that you can't see the floor. <laughs> I had to cover my mouth. It's like I get chills when I think about Detroit. But Michigan and, and skaters in that area, that's where you saw some of the early photography of skaters dressed up in their church clothes mm. um, because Detroit is it was so heavily populated with African-Americans and they had large spaces. Um, you go back to seeing like the ballroom venues where people were skating. They have a very elegant, artful skate style. It looks more like figure skating with high leg kicks and the women mostly still wear traditional white roller skating boot and the men will wear a black boot. Um, there's a lot of um, elegance in their skate style. Um, and the movements are very calculated and mm. um, just, it looks more like figure skating and it's really, really beautiful. Mm. Um, where when I look at New York, I'm just hype. I'm just <laughs> hype. I'm jumping, I'm bouncing, I'm moving, I'm dancing without any like regard to style or uh, trying to perform a Pontiac, mm -hmm. which is a specific turn um, if you learn it as, as a Michigan skater. So uh, it looks different. And as a DJ, people ask me all the time, I want to DJ your party, but they're not a skate DJ. Mm. Those guys have to learn the language of the feet that are in the room. So if you have a party and there's 800 skaters, you need to know that the bulk of that room is New York, New Jersey, or Detroit, or LA, or Cleveland, and Columbus, or DMV, because all of those styles are different, and yeah. you need to know who you're playing for. So if it's a well-mixed group, you just know you've got to play the country, and you've got to know how to play for that, that audience. Hmm. hmm. It's a language. It's a language. I, I, well, it looks like it. <laughs> look at it on social media. I'm just like, yeah, what? Yeah. Folks in D.C. love some Barry White and, you know, songs like that. It's got a specific bop or snap to it. So the style here is called snapping. Mm. Um, and they skate uh, in, in trains where they hold or lock, lock arms and support each other. But they'll skate 100 miles an hour to a Barry White song, right? <laughs> And for me, being a Floridian that's lived in California, I'm a big fan of the Detroit and New York skate styles. I want to skate fast or up-tempo to that 90, 120 beats a minute. So you want me to do up-tempo fast to 60 to 90? <laughs> it just feels weird. Mm -hmm. So I love where I live, but I have no problem saying I have not perfected um, or even really attempted well the, the snap or DC Maryland skate style. Um, there are a lot of people that live here that are from all over the country and they know that this isn't their skate style. So they know that to get what they want, occasionally they need to head up the road to Branch Brook in Newark, or I make sure I hit a couple skate parties in the country that are like in Detroit and Cali and those places during the year. Um, you know, I, I got to get it where I can get it. Nice. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. That is so cool. I should probably tell folks that, you know, Legends Weekend coming up here, um, 
after doing it for two years, like it ups the ante every year. So hosting on the district wharf in Washington, D.C., it is the entertainment district in this city. Mm. Once you arrive on the wharf, you don't want for anything. Restaurants, dining, uh, live music. Uh, you can hop on water taxis and see other parts of the city. But in this venue, I'm hosting Tony, Tony, Tony. During the skate party. I'm so excited about that part. Um, They're just like that 90s swing, Mm -hmm. R&B classics, like to have, you know, a full band on stage and have skaters be able to dance and celebrate that way. This is the first time we've opened our doors to the general concert loving public Mm -hmm. to say, hey, we've got two floors of concert seating. You all can watch the concert on the second and third level, stay, dance, there's plenty of room for for dancing and celebration, and you can look down over the skate floor and watch. So they get the bird's eye view of the skate party. And I said to myself, folks have been going to Disney on Ice and other performance style skate events for years. Yeah. But we have way more seasoning than those shows. Mm -hmm. Way more flavor. (laughs) So... It's like they can come and watch the concert, stay or go. But if you stay, you're going to have a cracking DJ after party with live, grown and sexy adult roller skating. And folks are going to be blown away. I hope the response to it is as uh, powerful as as I can see it being because um, roller skating is visually stunning. Mm -hmm. And then you have the elements of style and fashion that people get excited about. So Saturday, October the 8th, in the anthem on the District Wharf, <laughs> Legends Gala featuring Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm excited about that part. That is so cool. Oh, yeah, Tony, Tony, yeah. Tony. Ah. Ticketmaster.com if you're interested in the spectator concert experience of the year. People are going to be talking about it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, last year, Viola Davis shared footage from the, the Legends Gala. Um, Beyonce's mom, Elder Bards, they were like all these music artists that were like, what is this? What is this party? Yep. So it's kind of like, I wish I could knock on their door and say, hey, hey, you that <laughs> video you shared last year? It's coming up. Pull up. Come through. Man. So are, are Tony, 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 they're going to throw some skates afterwards and... So... One of the fellows, Dwayne Wiggins, who's Raphael Sadiq's brother, mm-hmm. Dwayne skated during the pandemic. Oh, um, Artists were at home just like the rest of us were. There were no concerts or shows. And he got in some skate lessons with my mentor, skate instructor Richard Humphrey. Um, you can look him up at rollerdance.com. He just was teaching in Barcelona, Spain this week, week and he's going to be giving free skate workshops here in D.C. over Legends Weekend. So the world's foremost instructor of all things roller skating um, gave some instruction to one of the band members. He's hinted about wanting to throw on his skates while he's playing guitar. All right. Um, I think that would be pretty amazing, (laughs) quite honestly. Um, So I hope that they do, but they were just like, wow, this is something we really want to be a part of. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very black culture and mm-hmm. they're excited so they were like this is the after party that we'll stay for 
I guess they travel all year and they go to these events and after party can be an after party. You exactly. Turn music and your DJ and no, this is different. Yeah. So we look forward to having them hang out with us. Man. Well, I know it's going to be an amazing weekend. It's just, it's, it's a special time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we're doing a fashion show for the first time as a part of Legends Weekend. Because when we go live during the gala, there's so many comments about the clothes mm-hmm. that people are wearing. And they would just say how great we look, but I'm really on a mission to help people understand why we're dressed up in the first place. Yeah. Denial of access and, and the, the segregation period and, and the stories and folks telling us if you want to come in, you got to dress up. So I'm going to show through fashion and style and evolution how far we've come Mm -hmm. with the peer pressure fashion event on Friday, October 7th, out on the district pier um, on the wharf. Um, Beautiful space. And we've got some folks that you wouldn't normally expect that have reached out and said they want to see this. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's great. Is there any last words before we wrap up? No, I would tell people to find something that makes your heart sore. Mm -hmm. Most of us have um, more time behind us than we do in front of us. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of us, music, movement, good people um, have definitely been great food for me. Roller skating is definitely that. Um, I would encourage people to check out get your SK, the number eight on.com, get your skate on.com, our website. And um, even if you're just someone that likes a winter escape, soul roll invitational.com for, for the Tampa um, event each year. Um, get out and explore. Don't be afraid to try new things. People say, I'm old, I'm afraid mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt myself. That's what skate lessons are for. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't just get on skates and take off. So there are a lot of people that have come to skating after after 50 and they said, why did it take so long? Don't be afraid about things that feed your soul. Yeah, I agree with you. I hear that a lot. Oh, I'm old. I don't want to fall or, but like you said, take lessons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This has been wonderful. Thank you for having me on the show thank you so much for being a guest and sharing so much valuable information about roller skating the history legends weekend uh i gotta i'm gonna hit you up after this about some skates yay (laughs) that's awesome i'd love to see what you got so you'd have to send me a picture of what you're rolling on oh i i will i'll send you a picture i've only used them once though Okay. Okay. Well, then you're in good shape for now. <laughs> it's when you start to get good is when they're like, okay, we got to get you some legit equipment here. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you again for being a guest. This is the Rolling With Tay podcast. I'm your host, Tasia, a.k.a. Tay, and thanks for listening. One more Rolling With Tay podcast. Well, follow on Instagram and Twitter at Rolling with Tay. Visit the blog rollingwithtay.wordpress.com for more content and be sure to sign up for the monthly newsletter. And lastly, subscribe to the YouTube channel Rolling with Tay. <laughs>